So we're moving into a new series. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we're moving. I couldn't have paid him better for that one. Uh, we're moving into a new series. and series is called What If? And the first part of the What If? series this month is what if the church just prayed? What if the church would just be prayer warriors? Now, what do we mean by the church? The church is not this edifice, not this four walls, not this sanctuary that we sit in. The church is you. Every individual that is in this room, we are the church. So what if the church just prayed? Bow your heads with me. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this moment, this time that we can come spend with you to pray, to praise, to hear a preach word. God, I ask that you cover me, that everything that comes out of my mouth, God, is acceptable to you, that your people see you and not me. They see less of me and all of you. They see none of me, God. Cover each and every one of us, Lord, from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. In your sweet son Jesus' name, let us all say amen. So what if the church just prayed? So we're looking at Acts. Acts 12, verse 5 through 11. And we're talking about Peter. And it reads, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly, the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the sentry stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the, in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up, he said. The chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first, second guards and came to an iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. And from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. So now Peter is in this place. He's in prison, getting ready, waiting on Herod to come and kill him. Now, there's a backdrop, right? Herod considered himself to be the king of all kings, but Peter was preaching about there is a king of kings that I know, 
that is higher than you. So Herod didn't like that. That's why Peter was in jail. But in jail, I felt like when I was studying and reading this, Peter somehow had some solace that he was going to be okay. He is in jail sleeping. This is how bad Herod wanted him. He's sleeping in between not one soldier, but two soldiers. So if he moves, the soldiers will know what's going on. So I can understand why Peter said, is this a dream or a vision? Because the angel came and said, hey, Peter, get up. Can you imagine Peter in the prison going, you, 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 you talking to me? You telling me to get up and you see these two soldiers. Get up, Peter. Let's go. Put your clothes on. Put your sandals on. We're leaving. Now, I feel that what was happening, because Peter was so calm in it and walked, watch this, walked in the vision. Watch out. He walked in the vision that he saw to be released. But I think Peter knew something deep down inside that somewhere, somebody, a group of bodies was praying for him. Amen? So I have a couple of points to go over with you this morning to talk about what if the church would just be in prayer. First point, every believer is called to be a prayer warrior. If you're a believer and you believe in Jesus Christ, you are a prayer warrior. That is your job to pray for you and for others. Every single believer should be a prayer warrior. Amen? Okay, now I have to preface this real quick. 8.30 was off the chain with me this morning. Y'all got to come on and get with it, all right? All right. Thank you. So Ephesians 6, write this down. I want you to write this down or put it in your head because I want to give you some points. I want to give you some scripture to go with it. Ephesians 6, 17 through 18, it reads this. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So that means we pray for everybody. And I know some of us are saying, well, that's going to take a long time, Pastor Ryan. We got to pray for everybody. But we do. We need to. And prayer, let's talk about prayer real quick. Prayer is not that we come and we have to find this whole big Bible prayer and pray to God. Prayer is just a conversation with the Lord. Because that's how God communicates to you. Sometimes you sit there and say, Lord, was that you? Yes, it was the Lord. He's just simply talking to you. He's not trying to take you to this higher place. He wants to be in communications with you. We must live by the word. 
Okay, let's talk about that. The word. That means sometimes, every now and then, maybe one minute a day, maybe two minutes a day. I'm saying minutes. I'm not even saying 30 minutes. I'm just saying one to two minutes. We have to take the time to be in the that was weak. We have to take the time to be in what? Word. There's a couple of ways that you can be in the Word, right? You can get up in the morning and do your devotion. That's being in the Word. You can come to a Bible study. That's being in the Word. You can read with your family. That's being in the Word. But we have to be in the Word because the Word is our... Oh, come on. The Word is our sword, right? That's what we use to help us to get through. We must pray going into a situation, pray going through a situation, and pray coming out a situation. You get that? Pray going in, pray going through, and pray going out. Often, so many times, we'll pray going in, and I'm talking about me, I'm not talking about you. We'll pray going in, and then we'll wallow going through. Right? Because I'm praying, God, I'm getting ready to go through this situation. Lord, I need you. I need you to be there. I need you, Lord, to take this away, God, right now, because I need you to handle it. And once I get into it, once I'm going through with it, oh, God, Jesus, I can't believe I'm going through this. I'm tired. I'm getting so tired. That was me. I'm getting tired. And then we use that three-letter word. I know that three-letter word, right? It's in all of our vocabulary. We say it very quickly. Why? Why me? Why am I going through this? And all we have to do as we're going through is to pray. And praying is what? Communicating with God at the most simplest form. Because praying through helps you to heal. Watch that. Praying when you're going through helps the healing process so that it can prepare you for when you start praying as you come out to get to the victory. We pray going in, we pray while we're going through, and we pray coming out. And no, I'm not going to fall off the edge of the pulpit. I saw you. All right. So we pray in victory. As we come through this situation, as we're going through the situation, and as we come out of the situation, the victory is the healing. But the victory comes through what? Prayer. Second point. Pray in the confidence that God is faithful. God is faithful when we're not faithful. Write this down, 1 John. You don't have to turn to it, 1 John, chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, and it reads this. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. 
Those were not my words. That is purely scripture. I'm going to read that again. That last part, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked him. That's powerful. So it's not my will, God, or our will, God, but God's will. Right? Because we go into prayer praying for what we want. Oh, let me stop. I go into praying these things for what I want. Right? So we pray, and we pray to God, telling God exactly what we want. This is what I want you to do. So we put the request in. The request, God, is I'm going through. Help me. But right after you do the request, we begin telling God how. That's the other three-letter word, why and how. How to respond back to us. So if I'm praying to God and I'm putting in a request to God, I have to be careful that I'm not asking God to do what I want God to do. When we should be praying saying, your will be done. Not my will, God, but your will be done. That comes through faith. How do we get through the faith? How do we get to faith? How did that come through faith? Well, faith means that we spend time with God in prayer. We spend time with God in the word. And we try to understand the word through God, not on our own understanding. Right? So when we read the word, we pray to God and say, God, help me to understand the word that I've just read. And it helps us build our faith. Because God is always faithful. He is always faithful. So when you pray to God in confidence, God increases your expectation. Because you're praying in confidence. Because the word just told us when we ask, we know. It didn't say maybe so. It says we know. We know that he hears us. And we know when we ask it of him, he will respond to us. So expect something to happen when you pray in confidence to God. When you pray to God in confidence, his grace has a plan for us. Prayer, talking to God, communicating to God, being in God's word, giving it over to God, then grace. Grace is the plan. Grace is the healing. Grace is the victory. Expect it. Don't pray and not expect something to happen, which is the will of God. I was reading this story. I ran across this story as I was preparing for this sermon. And, and in Texas, some small town in Texas, um, it was very, very hot some years ago. I mean, really, really hot. And um, there was this, this lady going to church, and she was walking into the church, 
and she had on this long overcoat, a raincoat, rain hat, umbrella, rain boots, and it was hot. I mean, it was scorching. And the people in the church were like, is something okay? With, is something wrong with her? Something's not right. So she came in and she sat down in a pew. And she said, we need to pray. So they're all looking at her just like y'all looking at me right now. Like something's not right. And she got up and she stood and she said, look, this heat is ridiculous. We need rain. And they all looked at her like, well, it ain't raining outside and you got all this rain gear on. She said, you're right. Because when we pray, I'm expecting God and confidence to make it rain. Three days later, it rained. She picked up the phone and she called everybody. You got your umbrella? You got your raincoat? Where are your boots at? Because it's pouring down rain. Expect God in your confident prayer to do something. Amen? Now, here's one I'm slipping in on you, but I think you need to hear it. Write it down. James 5. You don't have to flip to it. Write it down because I want you to go back and I want you to feel this and hear this. The prayer of faith. James 5. It's 13. James 5 verses 13 through 16. And it reads like this. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Remember elders, I'm coming back to that. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins in each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Amen? So I had real good fun with the 830 on this verse right here because of that word elder. Y'all laughing. I'm going to be honest with you because I got really real with them, right? We're kind of blended in here. In the 830 service, it is filled with the elders of the church. The whole 830 service. Now, when I talk about elder, elder doesn't mean old. Elder means wisdom because they've been through some stuff. They've been in the Word. They've been in Bible study. They can tell you some stories about how they came through. That's why James said, call on the elders, because the elders can help young people like Chad tell him what to do, because he don't know. <laughs> it gives him a little bit of help. He got somebody to go to, right? And so call on the elders of the church and be in prayer because the elders have the power, and the power is effective. 
Last one. Man, time is running on me. Last point, point three. Ready? Pray with the heart of thanksgiving. Pray with the heart of thanksgiving. Here's your verse. Ready to write it down. Here we go. Get it. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. It reads as this. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Before we make a request to God, we should shout, thank you, Lord. Before we make a request to God, we should shout, thank you, Lord. Now let's talk about that. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I go in the house and my oldest daughter is the only one here because Nally and Hannah, Hannah's trying out for club volleyball, so we pray for her. But I would just walk in the house and just shout at them <laughs> as loud as I can, and it freaks them out every time. I, Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! And they look at me like, what is wrong? With him. Well, y'all know my story. Y'all know I got sick. Y'all know the elders of this church prayed me and healed me and helped me get over. So when I put on a shoe and take off a shoe, hallelujah, Lord. Right? Because it was the prayers that brought me through. It was the prayers going in the situation. It was the prayers going through the situation. It was the prayers coming out of the situation, which was my healing and my victory. Amen? So we should be thankful. Why? Well, simple stuff. For a lot of us this morning, we got out of a bed. There are some people who didn't have a bed. Thank you, Lord. And after we got out of our bed, we were able to put our feet on the floor. Some people don't have a floor. Thank you, Lord. Then we got to walk around with heat. Some people don't have heat. Thank you, Lord. Then the water came on. Turn the water. Some of us, there's this new technology, you say water. It comes out, water. Thank you, Lord. Some of us don't have water. It's the simple things that we can thank God for. Some of us got up this morning, crunk a car up, let it warm up because you had a car to crank up and warm up to come to church. Thank you, Lord. We have to thank God for the simple things. Don't forget that because we want to get God to the big stuff and don't thank him for the little stuff. I got up this morning, got an extra hour of sleep, got up, saw the sun come up. Thank you, Lord. Rode down the street, rode by a pond, saw the steam come out the pond, didn't understand that. Thank you, Lord. Saw birds flying all over the place. Thank you, Lord. Got to the parking lot. Pulled up, could pick any space I wanted to. Thank you, Lord. Right? It's the little things that we say thank you for. Sometimes you ever go through life and something happened and you go, just like Peter, and I know that was the Lord. Right? Because you knew it couldn't be, 
anything else but the Lord. Because we have to be thankful and give God the thanksgiving for the little things. Question for you today. Would you help to be and want to be a praying church? Sit on that for a while. Because when the church starts praying, things begin to happen in our world. If the church starts praying, killings will slow up. If the church starts praying, backbiting and hating will stop. If the church starts praying, we can unite more than ever before because who's the church? It is us. So when others see us who act in the word of God, who live in the word of God, who can speak the word of God, who can pray the word of God, who can pray over, pray over everybody, things will change. That's the church. What if the church would just pray? Push. Push, church. Push. Pray until Something happens. Going in, going through, coming out is what? The victory. Give God a hand clap. This is the word of God for the people of God. 